This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Kyle and I this weekend to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Locked on Sharks, your daily source of everything. Team Tank, baby, because we're back. We're in the driver's seat. Uh, everything must go. But we're not going to focus on them. We're going to focus on what the fruits of their tank labors. Um, so today we brought on another guest similar to what we did with Matt Beneers and uh, the Swedish tre- Troika foursome. I don't know. I can't remember how many Swedes are. There's too many this time. Um, so we brought another expert on to dive deep into Uh, a specific player that way you don't have to listen to us just read scouting reports and make stuff up as we go along um so before we do that we're going to set the stage i'm your host kyle demetrius back with all uh, with me as always are jd and eric the vancouver giants and uh kootenai ice to my saskatoon blades i don't know i don't i'm not good i'm not good with who's the good ones and who the bad ones i know the giants are terrible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the Kootenai ice don't exist. So and Saskatoon's um, been I'm sure, really good this year so far. I'm sure I'm sure our guests will be able to chime in in a second. Uh, we'll pin that for a second. But today we're going to do Dylan Genther. I'm really hoping I say that right. Uh, he is a WHL player. And I'll let Eric give a little table setting and then we'll bring in uh, the guest. Amazing. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Kyle. Uh, yeah, Dylan Genther, six foot one, 181 pound, according to Elite Prospects. Winger for the Edmonton Oil Kings is killing it this year so far with 18 points in nine games played in the WHL. That's two points per game for those of you pulling out the calculator at home. Um, But we want to look a little deeper than that because some folks who have studied prospects have found that the year before is also important in predicting how far a player will go. So Byron Bader's hockey prospecting model compares guys draft minus one and draft year to historical cohorts of players and their scoring rates. He does not have Genther's current season uploaded yet. So just based on Genther's D-1 season alone, he has a 14% chance to become an NHL star, which is well over twice as much as I think the average is close to 5%. And his probability of becoming an NHLer is 56%, which again is well over the average of about 25%. If you look at just just point per game scoring rates of WHL forwards in the last 20 years or so, uh, D minus one season, Genther's ranks, where is he? 13th, uh, right behind Connor Zary, who just won early, um, right above Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Dylan Cousins, who is now playing in Buffalo, Matt Barzell, Leon Dreisaitl. All sorts of big names there that he's had an awesome year compared to. And finally, to get a little bit below the surface, uh, Simo Teperi works for Luco in the Finnish Liga, and he creates an app every year that looks at the draft classes. And so I've taken a look at all of the 227 forwards that he has in his class. And now it's interesting this year because there are some guys who have last year's stats and some this year's stats just because of COVID pause made things a little weird. So this is based on Genther's D minus one year last year. And if his D minus one year were a, a like a skater's year in this current draft class, he would be the second highest rated forward in this model. So this model combines 
player scoring rate, impact on even strength scoring network, uh, as well as sort of looking at kind of goals for at, at even strength and that sort of thing. So suffice it to say, Genther's statistical profile is very, very appealing. Um, but of course, we all know that we need to go a little bit deeper than that. So Kyle, I'll let you introduce our guest to help us out with the rest of it. We feel like a professional podcast where we make our guests wait for like 10 minutes before they come in. Um, it's like a rap, when rap the- artists like make you wait an hour before they get on stage at their, at their shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Um, so the Kendrick Lamar we brought in today is Sam McGilligan of Smart Scouting and Dauber Prospects. Sam, it's your time to shine now. How are you? We're good. So give people um, a little background on who you are, uh, what you do when it comes to scouting and stuff like that. And then we'll dive into uh, Eric's boy, DG. So I am the WHL, AJHL, and BCHL scout for Smart Scouting. I started back in January. It's like the first, I've been doing this since 2017, mostly just out of habit and enjoying it. And then eventually just got an opportunity to take on and start working with um, Josh Tesler at Smart Scouting. I've been doing WHL since it started up last month. Uh, It's honestly been a really awesome experience so far. Watching hockey has turned out to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, who knew? Watching hockey is fun. <laughs> well, when you want to watch the Sharks every like, night, that's why, uh, yeah. So Just getting experience from all around the world, watching all the different leagues has just been, I've learned more in this last few months than I have in any time frame before. It's incredible. Which, uh, which league has the worst camera angle on the video that's available? Oh man, um, there are some the, the AHL. <laughs> there are some bad AHL camera angles, but there are some really bad Russian ones. There are some really bad uh, BCHL ones, AHL, even some of the WHL cameras. It's just like, man, I am not seeing a like the actual corner of the ice. I can't see what's going on in the corner of the ice. Love it. Sick. Love it. Just for people that don't know, the BCHL is the British Columbia Hockey League, which is a step below the WHL, correct? Yes. And then the AJHL is the Alberta Junior Hockey League? Also, yes. Okay, Uh, perfect. Former home of uh, Sharks prospect Alex Young. Uh, yes. Kyle Paris, BCHL notable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, let's get let's get into the uh, let's get into the why we're here, Dylan Genther. Um, Sam, just tell us your opening opening thoughts about Dylan from your your deep dives, your watches. What's uh, what what are we in for if the Sharks draft Dylan Genther? Dylan Gunther has the innate ability to just make everybody around him better. Set and a podcast. <laughs> awesome. No, he's actually awesome at this. He's always open as an outlet pass, but the second he gets the puck, he knows exactly what to do with it, how the defenses are going to adjust. He reads through layers, he fires passes through. He can pat he can make all sorts of passes at all sorts of ranges, accurate on the tape, in motion, looks off uh, look offs. He's constantly mapped all nine players on the ice and is just moving the puck in between them where it needs to go. It's really awesome. He drives play really well in a way you don't normally see. A lot of top-end junior players are just getting the puck and dominating it in transition by just rushing through with superior skills. But he's just always in the right spot, 
doing everything he can to make it as easy as possible for his teammates to do it. Do you think that do you think that sort of difference is more or maybe less translatable to, to higher levels than the typical sort of guy who just takes every single rush up the ice? I, I think it definitely gives him a safety. Um he processes the game really well. He understands defense structures. He knows how and when things are going to shift. He knows where to put the puck in space. He knows time and space leads to dangerous chances. He can capitalize on his uh, chances himself. Like he's a great skater. He's extremely agile in 360 degrees. He's got a fantastic shot. Definitely NHL ready. He's got tons of tools to be a strong player individually himself, but that an ability to always be open and just get the puck and just snap of a finger, do the right thing, just always keeping play at a fast pace, but efficiently is not something you often see in junior players. It stands out. And I think it does project well. I like it. I like it. Are there, are there like things to look out for or is he, is he pretty as far as this class anyway is he pretty like well-rounded or are there big glaring weaknesses he's definitely one of the most well-rounded players that's for sure this draft's got a like the theme of this draft is he's awesome at this and this but then there's big red flags with this and this mm-hmm. and it's almost all just about like what you value more and what you are willing to take risks with and what other scouts won't take risks with Genther is going to bring a lot of safety um, he's just, he's super intelligent and he processes the game. Well, there's a lot of times where like, I will see his teammate with the puck, they're being pressured and Dylan's completely times his route right behind the defender when he's not looking wide open, he's capable of getting the puck and making a play and they just don't see him or they see him, but they react too late. The lane is closed. Now someone's in his way, turns the puck over, but he was there. They just didn't get the shot. A pro is going to see that. All right, guys, before we continue our interview with Sam, we want to take a quick break and talk to you guys about our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Although football's over, NBA, March Madness, and NHL are in full swing, BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to their website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Pekowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Got it, got it. So there's a little bit of like, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that he might even have better production if he was playing with higher quality teammates at some times, given how well he scored last year and this year. Some of his scoring isn't, done in sustainable ways like you can just bully people in ways that won't happen there's the typical he's not strong enough complaint which is fair but a lot of junior players have that you typically see them get stronger over the years it's not that big of a deal um yeah Yeah. he he sometimes really struggles i won't say really struggles but he does 
show difficulty compared to some of the other top guys in the class in like one v one situations or beating the last defender, mm-hmm. but not on a consistent level. Like it's not something he's not capable of doing. He just sometimes struggles with it more than Ken Johnson, William Eklund, Matthew Beniers, uh, Lysel, all of those guys typically do that better. They beat that last defender better. They create that last chance just slightly better. Got it. Got it. I was, I was, that brings me to a hopefully not too drawn out question, but I was listening to, uh, and sorry to cite uh, a rival scouting firm, Dauber Draft Cats, <laughs> okay. the other day with, uh, with um, Joel Henderson. And Joel Henderson is their W and, and Western Canada scout. And he was talking about Genther. And but before that, he was talking about some other players and he sort of said, you know, a lot of times I'll see other folks talking or writing about, about players and they'll list something that he's not very good at or that he struggles with. But that thing just like happens so infrequently or will happen so infrequently at the next level that like it's almost not worth paying attention to. And so I sort of wonder like, yes, ideally you'd want a guy to dominate the last defender in juniors. But when you get to the AHL and the NHL, you're probably not going to try to dangle every defender. You're going to get rid of the puck sooner that's, or dump it in or something. That's exactly so, it. Okay. Okay. So it's, so it's like certainly a question mark, but maybe not a huge, huge red flag. It's something you can work around, right? Like I think something a lot of people don't really give as much focus to as they should is it's not just about how good they are at 18. It's developing them right from here in the next five years and getting them on the right track. And there are plenty of development teams that are capable of taking Dylan and just going, all right, you know what? Maybe just stop trying to do that. You're already good at like everything else. Just buy some time. You're great at that. Just show a little deception, skate into traffic a little bit or skate away from traffic into open space. Just do whatever, buy time if you have to, or just don't put yourself in the position altogether. There's tons of different ways you could do this. I'm, I don't know much about development. That's something I really need to look into. Um, sure. And yeah. have some conversations with. It's a little uh, black box. It, it, it depends on it depends yeah. on teams too, right? Like Vancouver is clearly yeah. a development black hole, whereas other teams develop guys coming out there yang, right? So um, I'm not going to mention Darlene and Buffalo, but I'm going to mention Darlene and Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man, exactly. there's been a lot of talk about about this year, and people just being like, "What What are they doing over there?" Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I would mention Casey middling stats, but he was never good to start with. So hence, um, the, hence the nickname. <laughs> I uh, liked him back in 2017. I don't know if I'd like him today. My, I guess I'll call it a draft philosophy has evolved a lot since then. That's fair. And that's what but people Darlene, should be doing. They, they did some damage to Darlene. Poor Rasmus. Um, they have two Rasmus on their team. What a crazy and they, phenomenon. Both of them are just like, were exciting. And then now they went to Buffalo. <laughs> um, <laughs> Genther, though, is his, like, he his, he can't beat the last man and stuff like that. But his overall package, how translatable is it to the NHL? Is this a guy that's going to seamlessly jump into the NHL? Or is he going to need a lot of work to fit into an NHL-style team? I think I'm of the belief that he's going to go top five. I think I have oh, yeah. an eight or nine, something like that, just because there's just guys I like more, nothing against him. Um, but he's going to go top five. If he does well in training camp, he's almost definitely going to make a team because he is definitely too good for the WHL. Like he's ready to start playing pro hockey. 
Um, he's one of those guys where if the AHL was available, that really would be the best route for a year. Like like a Seth Jarvis? Yeah, just but that CHL and um, NHL agreement is going to stop him from going. He either has to play in Edmonton or whoever drafts him. If that's but, up for renewal, though, isn't it? Do you think they're going to change uh, it? Do you, have you heard anything I about actually, that? I actually don't have a clue. Got it. I mean, I don't. None of us do. I just, I just thought maybe yeah. people in scouting might have heard just, a little. But um, that's yeah. way above. That's just, way above our pay grade. Yeah. Well, you know, yep. you got, you got it, you got it. Oh, so okay. Um. Right. So when Go he ahead. when he's dominating in in the W uh, WHL, he's like at two points per game, or Eric says something like that. Is that because Ed, the Edmonton Oil Kings are a dominant team? Sometimes you see these teams get put together like. I know it's not a one-to-one, but Michigan and the NCAA had a ton of NHL players, so it's a lot easier for uh, a Beecher, a Bordelow, a Brisson, a Power to, to fit into that. Or is he really just lifting up a shitty team? Edmonton is a good team, all things considered, mostly because they play in a so-so division. I'll put it like that. Um that's why some of the times I see him score a point, I'm just like, okay, that was cool. And you do it and you have some projectable skills, but doing it like that is not going to work. Like some of these points, you just be like, hey, when that opportunity happens, it's not likely to turn into a point. It's not likely to turn into a goal or even like a dangerous chance because it's probably just going to be a turnover. But that's also just because some of the defense he's playing, it's just really bad. Only a couple of these points, like most of them is just coming from him being the best player on the ice, regardless of what division he'd be playing. And he'd just be able to generate these chances, but that's good. A few extra ones show up because of this division he's playing in right now. That makes sense. And, and sort of more generally, and I can kind of think along these lines, guys that are, you know, maybe able to, able to do this to juniors, but more well-rounded and don't have sort of one really like uh, exceptional skill to, to at least outsiders. They feel as though there's maybe a little bit of less of a ceiling and they feel like a safer kind of pick. Like they'll make the NHL, they'll be solid, but they might not have like room to grow. Does he still have room to grow? Does he have, you know, kind of, I think so upside. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's, he seems like he would be a fun player to work with in terms of development like he can do a lot of different things he's got a very expansive toolkit um and he uses them really intelligently but there's still work to be done on trying to get just get the most out of everything like the way he threatens his shot and the way it opens up passing lanes learn to just get the most of that there's still fine-tuning you can play around with so you can still expect him to develop a more dominant offensive game it absolutely is possible i like it i like it and <laughs> and speaking of that uh so the sharks of course are in a typical rebuilding position um where their goal in my opinion should be to find through the draft to to be at, the, at least at the beginning of the first round to be looking for game breakers look for your next star look for guys who can play on your first line, can play on your first pairing, who can do that and put up points and drive play and that sort of thing. Is is Genther like a potential star or is he more of like a very solid top of the lineup guy, but not someone to necessarily build around? Um, 
I was just having a conversation with somebody earlier about this and I kind of came away with the whole, if he's the second best player on a top line or a second line, you've probably got a wicked line. He's just like the ultimate complimentary guy. And provided he takes another big step, he could become that next guy. But I, if you're looking for that game breaking talent, mm-hmm. William Eklund, um, Matt, Matty Beniers isn't exactly at that, but I see him more likely reaching that level. Um, Lysel would be my pick for that overall, just in terms of Ooh. super high ceiling forward. Like, I'm what about Ratu? Uh, he's more in the gut, like, he's just he's got a really cool toolkit, and he's also had a really weird year. It's so hard to get a read on him this year because this play has fluctuated so much in different leagues. When he's on, he's on. He's really, um, Williams or William, uh, Will Scouch described him as like a faster skating Anton Lundell, and I kind of do see that. Um, I haven't wrong. What's wrong with that? (laughs) No, nothing's wrong with that. It's the problem is Lundell showed way more consistency his draft year. When Ratu's on his game, yeah, but he's been all over the place lately. He's starting to give more of a. you guys are forgetting about me statement. Like start talking about me again. He's been playing pretty damn well, but at the same time, the season's coming to an end for most players. So outside of the U 18s, like he needs to have a monstrous tournament to make it to the top of the draft boards for a lot of people. So Genther, Genther's way down on a lot of boards Um, by way down. I mean, like, I don't think he's in that consistent top eight range. Is he? I feel I feel like the Swedes no. and Veneers, Power, Clark, Hughes, those guys have all taken up a lot of the, the oxygen at the top. How come he's been in that like 12, 14 range? And how come he hasn't risen up higher yet? So coming into the year, I do think he was top eight, maybe even top five on a lot of lists. I think he was top five for me, something like that. I, I remember like I was McKenzie. McKenzie has him as his early season rankings. He's like five, I think. Yeah, he was somewhere around that. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I was watching Jake Neighbors last year, and a lot of what I thought people were saying was great about Jake Neighbors. I was like, but I feel like that was because of Dylan Gunther. And I really wanted to stand by him early on in the year, but there was a combination of not playing, other prospects playing and playing very well. Um, and then there was the big one. It was that AJHL stint. It was very easy to see him in the AJHL and just go, eh, okay, you, what are you doing here? He just had no interest. Every like five shifts, he would get the puck, just eviscerate somebody and just make some awesome play, maybe score a point. And then he would just like stop moving. And just watch. Like he just got like ice level seats. All right. Before we finish up our interview, and Sam tells us who he would take if he was the San Jose Sharks, uh, we want to take a quick break and talk to you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. Uh, so, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It has 18 amazing flavors, including flavors like my personal favorite, Cherry Barcia. They also have uh, carrot cake, raspberry, peanut butter, and salted caramel, just to name a few. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. They're great for health conscious people or if you want to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. 
bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for keto diets. And right now, when you visit BuiltBar.com, use their promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cohen gives you tips, insight, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Sad. Yeah, you got bored. I love this I love so, it. Mu- yeah. love this so we, much. We have, a, we have a philosophy that um that players who get described uh, as like being lazy are just so good that it looks that it's too easy and is boring for them and so those are guys that okay so that's kind of the vibe i have yeah yeah it was almost like uh because like i said earlier a lot of this game comes from that awesome off play but even in the whl i sometimes find people are missing some of the stuff he's doing in the ajhl they weren't even looking like right it was the ajhl is just so it's it's a league um it's a it's a league (laughs) (laughs) um it's great great uh sometimes i'm just like what the hell is going on here and i think he was sitting there going what the hell is going on and just kind of watching it just like man this is this is something (laughs) (laughs) i like it i I don't know no no i mean i don't I don't yeah. place too much stock in it now that I've seen him like because now his give a shit meter has returned. So right. it, I, it was clearly an AJHL thing. So I think he's starting to rebound up a lot of boards. I think the other thing is just like at the beginning of the year, we didn't know Beneers and Eklund and Lysel were going to be this amazing. Um, we already knew Owen Power was going to be at the top of the draft. Simon Edvinson, some people love him. Some people are terrified. I land in the middle but i'm starting to really like him again now that he's gotten some consistency to his name um a few people i know are really on the simone robertson train for top 10. oh he's um i i'm not ready to go that far but he's really fun i just kind of wanted to say that i don't really know why he's super fun all right so if you're if you're doug wilson and let's say you're picking i don't know right now they're like they have the uh, seventh, seventh, seventh best overall. Yeah. Seventh, the seventh best odds for first overall. So let's say you're picking seven. Who are you taking that you think will reasonably be there? Who gives Lysel. the Sharks the biggest shot? He, you, think oh. gonna, you think he's going to fall to seven? Lysol wipes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Really? Why is he going to fall to seven? Um, okay. So normally what would need to be happening right now, because he was – can't remember if it was McKenzie or Pronman. Somebody recently ranked myself. The general theme that I'm hearing through people who are hearing things is that he's kind of in the 10-ish range, hmm. and he's not getting any ice time right now. Like, they pretty much cut most of it. So unless he plays some other hockey from now until the draft, you're mostly seeing all of his season and that's just not going to be enough. Cause I think there's just enough trends that you see in NHL GMs. Lysel is just the type of player that seems to fall that shouldn't fall. Um, so, so are you Jose, taking Lysel over Genther? Yeah, I would. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Okay, oh, yeah. this. This I, is spicy. I absolutely would. I'm a little bit on the Lysel train, but 
he's insane. Like if he, I think he's a lot more projectable than I've seen people talking about. His issue isn't that he can't play the game at a um, high pace. His issue is that he can't, he can't not. He's so fast. He's so skilled with the puck at speed. He's so active away from the puck. So he still has that trait that Dylan has as well. But I think when the puck is on his stick, he's undeniably more dangerous. You just got to teach Lysel to stop over skating open ice, kind of just slow down and nail open passing lanes from changing pace. But I think that's a lot easier to teach him than it is to teach some of the other players what they need to learn. And the reward is just that's he's got that type of package that like people will look back at and just in hindsight be like, well, he should have gone top five. Hmm, There's risk. Is, like it's is, not a okay. lock, but no, I would sure, sure. that gamble. Is Genther the best WHL guy this year? Easily. Although I won't fully commit to that just because um, Logan Stankman's had a ridiculous start, but like, I'd be absolutely shocked if it, he played well enough from now until the end of the season to actually change that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sillinger might've made it an argument cause he's so, yo, he's way too good for the um, USHL. He's on another level. He's almost at like two players. points a game right now. I think he's almost at a goal per game. <laughs> like, and some of the goals he's scoring are just hilarious. Like he'll, he's got more puck skill and better puck touch than Gunther for sure. He's got the way he can just like drag a puck for a mile and just rip this unbelievable shot last second angle changes great form but still little tiny like mechanics you can improve on to make it even better it, it, honestly cylinder's issue is right now he's playing so selfish he's missing so many passing lanes but like he's also almost a goal per game so he's probably just seeing how many times he can shoot and it goes in the net yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm that's sure. like a legitimate option. Sure. That might that's, actually be the case. I would yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, go from uh, the WVU. What? Uh, so, what's the what's the expected range for Genther? What? What's what do you think the max? Like, obviously, you have them top way, way up there. Um, but if you think like logically through everything you know about scouting and the NHL and stuff like that, what's what's the top end and what's the bottom end range for Genther? I would be absolutely floored if he made it outside the top 10 um i would kind of be shocked if he was on the board for san jose because i think he's got there's that level of safety and that level of um ceiling like a like his floor is he's still probably going to be a pretty good transitional player Mm -hmm. he's still going to be able to support teammates well make those quick connecting plays to ensure possession He's just kind of going to be a great guy doing good things on the ice. And hockey is just about doing good things all the time until eventually one of them goes in the net. Um, (laughs) Whether he can be that level of like, okay, you know what? Screw doing good things all the time to put in that. I'm just now going to go put it in the net and dominate everybody and go score. I don't know if he'll reach that level. It's not out of the question. It's not as likely as some of the other guys, but that floor is really appealing. And he's also just got the CHL score. Like NHL GMs love high scoring Canadian players. 
And he's definitely got the point production for people to be going like, okay, that's a great player for the 2021 draft. That's already struggling. It's going to be like a, there's going to be a huge like pro Dylan narrative soon. Not that I'm against it. I, I really do see why someone would take him top five. I just, it's like a philosophy difference. It's just like, if he's on the board at eight, I'm like, okay, guys, we should really have a conversation if some of my guys ahead are gone. Like, I'd still go Brant Clark and Luke Hughes. Um, I've really – I was a lot lower on Owen Power than most, but I really like him now. Um, oh, yes, yes. Sorry. So, so speak, speaking of those – Yes for most, that's probably – sorry. I was going to say, you just listed some of those defensemen, and, and kind of as we're winding down here, are there any of the defensemen at the top of this draft that you think have the potential to be NHL game breakers? It's you know what? It's really interesting with this one. Is one of Hughes, Clark, Power, or Edmondson is going to be? All of them have notable red flags. Clark's got that that new styled offensive minds, just extreme intelligence his skating isn't as high level as like a Quinn Hughes or a Kale McCarr it's more like an Adam Fox but he's super intelligent like he's so smart what the fuck he makes good decisions all the time um always hunting high and medium major chances like you don't just see him fire shots from the blue line because he can that stuff is just so annoying to watch um he he's so crafty he's so smart there's so much offensive potential there. The biggest question mostly is the skating and whether he gets big enough to be a good defensive player, but his instincts are pretty good. Um, I've recently come back on board saying he's my favorite defenseman in the draft, uh, but Luke Hughes is right there for me as well. Um, it's really disappointing about his foot injury because he's the he's by far the youngest in this draft in the top 10 he's notably improved as much as any player has and his toolkit is disgusting plus he's actually brings size which his brothers don't and he's just starting to learn how to use it Um, there's something really yeah i really like luke hughes he's got some potential r.i.p his leg um two quick questions yeah really before we get you out of here one is Genther the most talented player? Not regarding like this guy's translatable skills, the most talented player in this draft. We're going to look back five years from now and be like, wow, this guy is the best player. Um, is it Genther? And if it's not, who is it? Uh, Lysel, maybe. That's just my gut. There's not a not Jesper Walstead? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in a draft, leading like this, the witness, like, I Your realized, Honor. I realized last year um, I probably had Askarov too low. My thing is, I just suck at evaluating goalies. I'm gonna be honest, and yeah, I also think that goalies get overrated in the draft because they feel so random. So I normally don't pay attention to goalies that much, but Askarov's really caught my eye last year, and I think I had him 10, 11, something like that. And then I was like, well, I won't make that mistake again. And then I was making that mistake again with Wallstein. Um, I've recently seen the light and I've just been convinced, yes, he's a goalie. That's worth it. That guy is nuts. Top five pick would make sense, but it won't happen. Um, ooh, Sharks. So either Lee Sell or would Jesper Wallstein would be the most talented player when we look back in the future. 
Uh, this is binding by law, so we'll find you. <laughs> if the decision's up to me, I take Lee Stalin to get mocked in, with uh, hindsight five years later because okay. it was obviously Volstead. But I'm still <laughs> going to say Lee Sal. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, that, that's fine. Um, and last thing, agree, yes or no. Bob McKenzie um, in December and in the initial rankings had Dylan Genter third, and this is his blurb. Sublime skill, fast, quick, and agile skater with puck skills who can thread a pass or unleash a dangerous shot. Smart attacking player who produces offense. Oh, that's true. It's a little generic, but it's just a small blurb to get like the player profile. That's that. That's more than sufficient to get the idea of what he is. All right. Um, Sam, you have unlimited time to tell us where to find you. You got anything cool stuff coming up you want to talk about? A house you bought or your water bottle, we don't care. It's all yours. <laughs> I don't have much to say. Um, I do have to say that Smart Scouting is releasing a ton of reports uh, lately, uh, especially Josh. He has just been on fire with the amount of work he's been doing, but everybody's been on their game watching tons of film. Um, there will be rankings coming out closer to the draft. We're only going to do one more set, but uh, follow all of the Smart Scouting members. Absolutely. They're all incredible. Uh, you can follow me at Sam underscore McGilligan on Twitter. And that is pretty much it. I don't have much else to say except that Fabian or Lysel is he's gonna be underrated come draft time. And San Jose should probably draft him. All right, that's fair. Um Love if it. you would like if you would like to uh tweet at us and tell us that uh we're stupid because we want Atu Ratu or Brant Clark. Uh, you can do that at Locked on Sharks. Uh, you can email us all your even worse opinions at Locked on Sharks at gmail.com. You can get at us on the Facebook or the gram. Uh, Locked on Sharks. JD's putting all of uh, their stuff up there. So you can check it out there if that's where you get your news. Um, you can follow us individually. You can follow JD at my fry hole. He was here, but he had an emergency. So he's just been a silent observer. Um, the fourth, the fifth estate, JD young. Um, you can follow Eric at foul ball 15. You can follow me at Kyle Demetrius. You can follow Sam at Sam underscore McGillian M C G I L L I G A N. Um, we'll make sure that he gets all of his props and we'll link them in there. Sam, thank you very much. It's late. We'll thank you guys you for having me later. Thanks, Sam. It was nice talking to you guys. Thank you. Have a good you one. Too, man. Take care. Take care.